This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Mary Schrader, mother of nine, talks about raising children from diapers to disciples. How does a mother get their children to embrace the teachings of Jesus? Well, Mary will tell us. So grab a pad of paper and a pen, you'll want to take notes, and have a few laughs. Mary is interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. Mary Schroeder, she's going to be talking about diapers to disciples. What an interesting topic. I am ready for that one. And uh, so we'll be talking about that. Welcome. Thank you. We know that all good things begin with prayer. Would you lead us in a prayer for this next hour? I would love to. Thank you. Um, I was just thinking with the theme of this uh, Carathon being the Source and Summit, I was hoping that I could say a prayer for our priests. We've had Please. so many in here today, and they're so, I love them so much, all of my spiritual fathers. So yeah. I was going to say this prayer for priests. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we, your people, pray to you for our priests. You have given them to us for our needs. We pray for them in their needs. We know that you have made them priests in the likeness of your own priesthood. You have consecrated them, set them aside, anointed them, filled them with the Holy Spirit, appointed them to teach, to preach, to minister, to console, to forgive, to feed us with your body and your blood. Yet we know too that they are one with us and share our human weaknesses. We know they are tempted to sin and discouragements as we are, needing to be ministered to as do we, to be consoled and forgiven, as do we. Indeed, we thank you for choosing them from among us so that they understand us as we understand them, love us as we love them, suffer with us and rejoice with us, worry with us and trust with us, share our beings, our lives, our faith. We ask that you give them this day the gift you gave your chosen ones on the way to Emmaus, your presence in their hearts, your holiness in their souls, your joy in their spirits, and let them see you face to face in the breaking of the bread. We pray to you, O Lord, through Mary, the mother of all priests, for your priests and for ours. Amen. Amen. In the, name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. So, by way of introduction, our guest, Mary Schroeder, um, topic diapers to disciples. Mary has a religious education degree from Franciscan University of Steubenville. She stays home and helps many of her children through a virtual school based in Lawrence, Kansas, giving her children several of the bonuses of homeschooling with the support of a supplied curriculum, as well as personal teachers to help her guide and monitor her children's progress. Mary Schroeder is Mary married to Gordon Schroeder. They have nine children, Rebecca and Samuel in high school at TMP, Jacob and Paul in middle school through Lawrence Virtual School, and Miriam and Zipporah mm -hmm. um, in grade school through LVS, and Peter, Benjamin, and Joseph, affectionately termed PBJ, um, pulling up the rear. So we are grateful that she is here to uh, with us to share about diapers to disciples. What would you say is your general theme for your everyday homemaking life. You're a you know, stay-at-home mom, although I, I think that's a misnomer because I don't think many stay-at-home moms are actually home a whole lot, you know? It's like, it seems like we're always running somebody somewhere. But, uh, you know, talk to us a little bit about, you know, your theme and, and, and your homemaking. Well, sure, sure. I feel like I come in and give this talk every so often, and um, it's uh. kind of funny, you know, it's always that I have to credit um, Donetta with the Pythia 
title this year. That was her idea. So okay. she's pretty creative there. Um, but I just want to start with, um, you know, I've been kind of pondering more as, as my parenting style has changed just over the years. And so I would say that um, I can't remember who I was, what priest I was talking to, but he mentioned to me offhandedly that the consecration and the rubric, you know, it calls for Jesus to be presented. And we all know that, of course, you know, you've been to Mass. Um, but it really struck me, this thought of like, you know, because what do you do when, when the host is lifted up? Usually I would, I would bow in reverence or close my eyes. And then I was thinking, but he's like saying, look at me, you know, and the bells are rung, mm-hmm. look at me. Mm-hmm. And so that really kind of struck me. Um, and as I was praying about what to say on the radio and uh, that night, my son Joseph, he's um, eight months, almost nine months now, he had had a bad dream. And, you know, you can tell the difference in a cry that's hungry and a cry that's afraid. Sure. And so he clearly was afraid. And so I went in to wake him up and I'm like, Joseph, Joseph, wake up. You know, I'm, I'm here. Look, look here. The see mom, you know, and it was almost like God took my chin and lifted it up. And it was mm-hmm. like, look here, see mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. you know, and I have been wrestling with that verse from Matthew that says, um, what parent would give their kid a stone if they asked for bread or a serpent, if they asked for a fish? Mm-hmm me. I'm that parent. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sinful and I'm selfish and I'm lazy and I'm tired and I'm grumpy. And so many times that's me. And But it's like God's saying, taking my chin and lifting it up and saying, look at me. That verse is about me, you know? And so I think that's like the whole perspective, you know, of my journey right now of motherhood. It's like this talk always changes to where I'm at in my life. But it's like God's saying, look up, see me, see my goodness and let me come out you know, not you. Don't look on yourself and don't look at what you do. So just that theme of always lifting our eyes up. And even if you do Bible in the year with Father Mike Schmitz, I don't know if anyone's talked about that, but it's, I'm going through the second year with him. I love him. And he, so many times in scripture, it comes up, he lifted his eyes up and saw that phrase will come up in scripture a lot in the Old Testament. And, and even Psalm 121, fix our eyes on the hills from where our hope comes from. So it's just that theme of always looking back to God to see what he wants of us. Mm-hmm. I I love that, and you know it reminds me of somebody long long ago, and I still do it today. When the they said when the the chalices or when the the um, consecration occurs with with uh, for the body that you look at at Jesus and you say, I give my life to you, Lord Jesus Christ, my Lord and my God. And so I do that. And then when the chalice is raised, I say, I consecrate my children to you, um, my Lord and my God. And then if I have time, you know, if it's a reverent mass, takes a while, I go through each of my children's name. And then at the end, my husband said, well, what about me one time when I was saying this? So I add and and for my husband in a special way as the head of our household. That's beautiful. And and it has stuck with me. You know, there's, there's those certain things that just kind of stick with you and and that's one thing that I've been doing gosh lots of years probably 30 years um you know yeah and, and yeah. uh you know same thing every time I don't change it up but but uh you, you know, know it kind of becomes ingrained I yeah. often would pray the my lord and my god I yeah. believe help my unbelief yeah. you know those kind yeah. of prayers yeah um but yeah I definitely agree with that and you know the beauty of it is that we can take those prayers throughout our day too and every time I recenter it's like my lord and my god you know yes. what do you desire of yes. me at this time you know so much of being home with the kids all day is um a lot of unstructured time I would say and so I'm always trying to be like all right what is my focus right now god where do you need me right now because I could go so many places in a day and it's really difficult sometimes to discern what is most needing to be done at this time and yeah. so the yeah. beauty of being pulled back Right, right. And and I said it wrong. I consecrate my family to the blood of Jesus Christ is what I say. And then I go through everybody. So it's hard to do it when I'm not actually there, right? I have to think about it. Well, you know, the beauty of my family size, we have nine kids and then my husband, and that's like 10 beads right on the rosary there. Ah, there you go. That's a great one. That's great. Yeah. But 
Awesome. Awesome. So again, we are talking with Mary Schroeder about diapers to disciples and how fun this hour is going to be. And uh, gosh, I lost it. We. Uh, uh. All right. So we'll just continue on. Um, what would you like? Would you like to say anything more about the theme or are we ready to uh, move on to the next part? Well, I do want to share a little bit from this um, Lenten study that I picked up this year. Um, it's called Restore. And it was from Sister Miriam James Heitland. Um, uh, Society of Our Lady of the Trinity. She does a lot of speaking um, on healing talks and conferences and things. And this this book really spoke to me. This mm. Lent, you know, I always do a Lenten study, but this one was so beautiful. And um, it just kind of plays into this theme. It, and actually, this is what I was thinking of originally before to start it off. Um, she starts. She does a. Uh, a little video for each week and the first week in Lent she's like you know it's almost like we're throwing a tantrum and God looks at us and he says look at me look mm -hmm. right here mm -hmm. and then she says this is what covenant love is mm -hmm. I love you I will never leave you I will never mm -hmm. forsake you I'm not going anywhere I am here for you no matter what happens I will not reject you I love you as you are and I desire your ultimate good I give myself to you completely and I receive you completely you do not have to hide anything. You do not have to pretend. You can bring anything to me, and I will bear, be with you in it, bear it with you, and speak the truth mm. to you about it in love. Mm. This is how God loves us. Mm. And just that sense of, it's so beautiful, and it's so true. You know, and it's so many times we don't want to look to God, I feel like sometimes because we kind of have that nagging voice in the back of our head that we know we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing or not doing mm. it quite right, but we're frustrated, and we feel like there's no other way. And it's just like God says, Look up here. Let me show you. Yeah. And, and you know, the beauty of um, coming back to him, it's like there's so many opportunities is what I've noticed lately. You know, I'll do something and I'll be like, oh, dang. Mm -hmm. And so a few minutes I'm like, okay, I can fix this. I can yeah. fix this. You know, it's not, it's not set in stone. It's like we can keep turning back to God and keep coming back to that covenantal love. I just think it's so beautiful how, you know, life is a constant choice, 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 yeah. you know? So yeah. I uh -huh. just wanted to, to let that settle with you because it's so beautiful. And this is just a, oh, I can't Great say enough book. about this place. Really? Okay. All right. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. All right. Where do we want to go from here? I don't want to ask a certain question and, and have it interrupt where, where you're headed. No, so. you're fine. Okay. Um, I was just going to go into the aspects that kind of help me keep this perspective. So my perspective is just to always kind of lift my chin up and look toward God mm -hmm. during, during the day, all the time. I mean, you know, and even in your heart, just constantly to be placing it on the altar of your heart. I just feel like that's always everything you do. I found this piece of jewelry and it says, offer him all. And it's really so true. You know, no matter what you're doing, if you're proud of it, offer it to God. If you're not proud of it, offer it to God, ask him to fix it. If you're, yeah. you know, whatever it is, he'll take them all, you know, and it's yeah. just so beautiful. So, yeah. but so how do I keep the perspective? The first aspect, well, I have three of them that I kind of, um, when I was just pondering about, you know, dealing with children, but not just children in general. Okay. So forgiveness, positive interaction and peace. Mm. I feel like those are the three that really resonate with me lately that I really, maybe this is just for me personally, God wants me to work on these things, but I'm gonna tell you about it because that's what I do. Yeah. But um, so forgiveness, you know, um, this, this same sister, Sister Miriam has a talk, well, she has a million talks, but I stumbled on one where she was discussing the parable of the, um, the man who owed this giant debt to the king. And, you know, he forgives the debt and then the servant goes and he has one of his fellow servants that owes him money and he throttles him and, you know. Yeah. And she said, I was in the parable and, you know, the king had just forgiven my debt and I had this man who had hurt me 
by the scruff of the neck. And I was like, you owe me. Like she was so adamant that he needed to repay the wrong he had done to her. And I had never thought about that parable as not just money, but hurt when you hurt somebody else. And she was like, you owe, you know, and then she just let go and backed away was like, I can't do this, Mm. you know? And it it just really brought home to me what forgiveness is, Mm. you know, and, and what it means. Like we can't, sometimes we say we forgiveness, you know, I teach my kids to model a good apology and to ask to be forgiven and all those kinds of things. But what does it really mean? It means to start fresh. It means to be reconciled. And it means not to hold resentment and grudges. And so I feel like a lot of times with our children, they mess up and they're not really, they don't know how to handle that. They're like, I messed up, I messed up, but we can't mess up. So we're just not going to say anything about it. You know, and I really want them to realize that that's how life is. I went through a lot of my life going, I messed up, messed up. Well, let's just brush that over because we can't deal with it. You know, and that's not, we need to get that out. You know, it's like, we're going to mess up. That's what we do. That's why we have confession, you know, and it's just so helpful. I feel like to, to really model that forgiveness. I'm so, so many times I'm asking my kids for their forgiveness. Like I model, you know, asking for it. And, and then, you know, when they've hurt me, I tell them, you know, and they're able to, to come back to a, a good reconciliation. So it's just, forgiving others their faults and not holding it against them really is the number one key I feel like to start off yeah a couple of things I'm gonna I think I might get to the sacrament of reconciliation later but I feel like you can't go enough and it has become such a blessing in my life like I feel like it has just cracked my spiritual life open I've been going to regular confession my oldest son actually suggested it we read a book called the seven secrets of confession Mm. and um he was like mom we we need to be going to confession regularly it's like getting your oil changed and Mm. I said that's a good point. Let's do that. Well, we have, you know, six of us or whatever that can go to confession. So I would call up father and be like, all right, let's schedule this because otherwise we kind of take over the confession line. I feel like when we show up, it's like, oh, the Schraders are here. Dang it. Nobody else is going to be heard. So I try to schedule it, but it's been such a blessing. And and the beauty of it is that they develop a relationship also with the priest, you know? And so like when they, when they grow up and they have those hard places where they go, and they don't feel like they can go to their parents, who are they gonna turn to? Well, I want them to turn to Father. You know, I want them to go to confession. I want them to be there with this relationship where they can get reconciled and healed. And it's just such a, it's so beautiful how it all works together that way. So I feel like, um, I think there's a phrase from from some discipline, conscious discipline, um, what you focus on, you get more of. And so it's always trying to put things in perspective (laughs) positively, especially with kids, you know? My three-year-old is such a good example of this. Whatever he's doing, when I come up to him, all I have to do is smile at him really big and he will just stop and smile at me and it I mean it's just beautiful you know and he can be he's kind of whiny lately he's three you know oh I need my water oh I need the and I'm like Benjamin can you use your words yeah you look thirsty you know can you ask me I have my water please I have my water please and then you smile real big you know it's just that reframing it in a positive way and instead of like no one's getting me water everybody hates me you know what I mean that sense and 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 real people we do this too you know so many times it's it's that mindset shift that we need you know, and they, they call it, uh, I think in psychology, like a misery making mindset. You can have that and or you can have a solution based mindset, you know, where you go into something and you're like, OK, we're going to figure this out. We're going to move forward. We're going to be positive about it. Um, and they you know they have the pithy saying the think. Is it true? Is it helpful, inspiring, necessary and kind? You know, it's kind of long, but but, you know, you kind of want your kids not to tattle or you ask why they're telling you things. You know, just that that sense of you can't say something nice. Don't say nothing at all. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I mean, there's some truth to that, just um, especially dealing with kids. I always try to diffuse the situation with them, especially because, you know, I mean, they mess up so many times and they can get really upset really fast. I've got some hot tempers in my kids. I think it's from my husband. No. Um, <laughs> but they, they can get really. And so, you know, you're like, 
oh, you threw the food on the floor. Well, we can't eat on the floor. We're going to have to pick that up. You know what I mean? Rather yeah. than, than you know, just getting all upset at them so quickly because that doesn't, that just fuels the fire. So, and especially with child ruling, I've noticed that directing is better than correcting. So it's like, I can't just wait for them to mess up and then say, don't do that. It's, it's much easier for me to look at them and say, this is what I expect from you. You know, I even, when I sit down with my kids throughout the day, I'm like, this is what the things that are okay to do during the day. And these things we're not going to do every day, you know, like video games or TV or screen time. But it's like, you finished your lesson. Good. Read a book. You know, you go take a walk, pet the dog, like feed the chickens, whatever, <laughs> you know, do your chores, you know, these things. And so if you're constantly telling them what to do, it's it's much easier than they're like, well, can we have a treat? Can we do this? Can we? You know, it's like they already know the answer. And so they're less likely to bother you and get you off track when, when you just can direct people where to go. And I love this in life because I feel like so many times you get into situations and you're like, I don't, I don't really know where to go. And nobody says anything until you mess up. And yeah. then you're like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> where I just feel like if people would just lay it out and say, this is how we do this, you know, and then it's so much easier. But... Uh, especially I noticed that when my, uh, if I don't like, when, when I give them a free day, then they're like, oh, we have all this time to do all these things. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? As compared to if every day were free, they would be like, we're so bored. We have nothing to do because, right. you know, you don't tell them anything to do and they can't think of it on their own. So, right, right. Um, let's see. What else was I going to say? Um, oh, I always also like to bring it back to God, of course. And not in a staunchy way, you know, because I don't want them to think of God as some killjoy, you know, like we can't eat meat because God died today. You know, it's like, well, why did he do that? Mm. Because he loves you. You know, why do we do this? Because we love him. You know, just to always bring it home to not be this like burden that we carry. And it really hit me the other day. And I was like, oh, do you want to pray the rosary? And I've grown to really love the rosary. And somebody was like, "Uh, no, it's hard. And I'm like, okay, well, then don't, you don't have to. I don't want to make you pray this prayer. Like, it's beautiful. And I love to pray. And if you want, to pray with me, even if it's hard and offer that sacrifice, that's great. But I'm not going to make you do this. Like, that's not how our God works. He doesn't make us do things. You know, we, he invites. And, and then if you're able to sit and be quiet and learn, like the depth grows. It's like, that's what you want to instill in them. But it's not like you want to beat them over the head. So, but I'm saying that now, my kids would probably tell you otherwise. Maybe I've beaten them overhead many years <laughs> in the past. <laughs> but I think that that follows that one. Did you have more you need to break in or we can move on to peace? Okay. Keep on going. So my final perspective that I've really been hitting lately is just that there needs to be a sense of peace about things. And it goes along with that positiveness. Just, you know, God's already won the battle. We're just, we're just participating here. We don't have to freak out about stuff. We don't have to be dramatic. Um, and this year I have a saint of the year. It's St. Francis de Sales. And several years ago, I started reading this book about him called Thy Will Be Done. It's 58 letters for troubled souls, problems mm-hmm. that afflict each of us today. I started reading it and um, something in it offended me. Can't imagine that, right? <laughs> and so I put it down and didn't touch it again for like 15 years. But I've picked it up this year. Oh my gosh, this saint is so good. And I'm also doing this... Um, I'm doing a 30 days with him lately, and I just listened to this about what he has to say about peace. Stop worrying. Whatever it is that you must do to follow the path that God has shown you, do to the best of your ability. And when you have done it, move on to the next thing. Don't keep rerunning it in your mind trying to decide whether your efforts were too little or too much, whether it was a great deed or a small one, whether you might have done better. If it wasn't sinful and you weren't trying to do the will of God, it is enough. Don't worry, move on. Simply, calmly, peacefully. Follow the path the Lord shows you free of anxiety. Otherwise, your anxiety will undermine your efforts to grow. If you do feel 
Don't let anxiety overcome you, but admit your failure quietly, humbly, and in God's presence. Then get on with following the path that God will continue to show you. It's just so much, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of, I spend a lot of time thinking because I'm a stay-at-home mom and everyone that I talk to doesn't spend a lot of time thinking <laughs> about their talking. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, it's easy for me to overthink things. And so it's just so good to have God say, don't overthink. Let it be as it is. You know, don't don't try and second guess yourself every moment. You know? We need to take a short break right now, but don't change that dial. We'll be right back with more about Diapers to Disciples with Mary Schrader. We're back on One Body, Stewarding God's Creation. Diapers to Disciples. With Mary Schrader. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. We are talking... Um, about uh, diapers to disciples with Mary Schroeder today, and uh, we've been talking about some of the th- the key aspects uh, for help help her to keep things in perspective: forgiveness, positive interaction, and peace. So, what are some of the practical ways that you live this out? I was going to jump back a minute. Oh, I sorry. Had, I had two okay. more things about okay. peace. Sorry. sorry. All right. Um, I realized that I missed this quote, and I just want to read it for you because all the moms out there, I think, will laugh with me. This is a St. Francis de Sales quote, and he says, Never be in a hurry. Do everything quietly and in a calm spirit. Do not lose your inner peace for anything whatsoever, even if your whole world seems upset. Isn't that like... Mm-hmm pie in the sky, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think I think that might have been what I read 10, 15 years ago when I was like, whatever, because yeah. obviously he didn't have kids. But you know what? The, the, the more I'm realizing I have more kids, more chaos, more insanity, the easier it seems to be to pull in in the midst of that and, and really live that, which is kind of beautiful to see. Yeah. Um, and then also that St. Teresa of Avila quote, um, I know my book stub ladies love this one too, but let nothing disturb you, let nothing frighten you, all things are passing away. God never changes. Patience obtains all things. Whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone suffices. Mm. It's like that one, you could just read it again and again, almost like a prayer. It's it's just beautiful to, yeah, to remember. Mm. So, yeah, I just had, couldn't move on without those. <laughs> I, I think, you know, as an old mom, I think it gets easier with age, honestly, um, to, to let the... You know, be more calm. You just Absolutely. And, and you know, just realize this isn't really a big deal in the in the yes. big scheme of things because you've got more years of of you know all those kind of things and and uh, I do I do think it gets easier, not perfect, but but a little bit easier to to be calm. Yeah, I've I've just recently passed the landmark age, so I'm in the 40s now. (laughs) Um, And uh, I feel like a lot of my perspective has shifted. It's funny how, like, I don't know if that's the magic number, but yeah, Yeah. a lot has shifted from being a younger mom to being this mom that I am now. But I still have such the spread of kids that maybe the olders will benefit. And then again, maybe they'll just be different. I don't know. (laughs) It's such an interesting dynamic how that works out for God. But it truly is. And they're all so different. And, and, uh, you know, maybe it's 
just because my last one was easier because he was my over 40 baby. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it just I, – I, I do think that it's easier to not sweat the small stuff, you know, and, and to just, just – uh, pray your way through it. Yeah, I've really been thinking a lot more about perspective and things. And, you know, even with, with the um, catechesis I want for my children, and I want them to encounter Jesus, and I want them to fall in love with him. And it's more than just book knowledge. You know, it's like, you need to know this person. You need to know God, or you're never, like, even if you made it to heaven, you wouldn't know what to do there. You, know? <laughs> you, you have to, like, fall in love and, and grow that relationship. You know, it's yeah. it's so much different from, it looks different, I think, than the way I used to look at it, I guess. It was more like, Okay, we checked it off the list, you know, and now it's... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, speaking of practicality, uh, so things that we do. Um, we have, like, I like to think of it as rituals of prayer. I mean, you know, and most people do that. We get up in the morning and pray, and we have our mealtime prayer, and we have our bedtime prayer. You know, you have, just like the Liturgy of the Hours, almost it's like the domestic house liturgy mm-hmm. of the hours. Mm-hmm. You know, you have those short little prayers. Um, but then I really love to pray with the kids at lunchtime. I love to do like a little more catechesis type stuff. Uh, we have been reading this book though that I absolutely adore. Um, just, uh, it's got pithy stories um, th- and they're made up, but they really are thought provoking. They're just so good, <laughs> um, but they always beg for that. But I really enjoy that time um, and the kids look forward to it. And it's so good because it keeps them from being loud and off the wall. It's like a chance for me to catch my breath during the day. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, I've got them all there and contained and they're not screaming and they're not yelling and they're not picking on each other and they're just listening. And it's so, uh, that that's my favorite time of day, I think with them. Yeah. But I feel like more than that, you know, like then we also try to incorporate um, some of the traditional prayers of the church without being, you know, like I said, we don't beat them over the head, but like we try to pray the Stations of the Cross on Fridays sometimes, especially during Lent. I just want them to be familiar with it, you know, or um, the Rosary will pray a decade of the Sorrowful Mysteries. One time we sat down and I was like, you know what, we just need to pray the whole thing. And they were kind of like, uh, okay. And then we got through it and they're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Ah. <laughs> but, you know, I don't want them to be overwhelmed. I want them to see the beauty of it, you know. Um, and then I feel like this is my own, like, hill to die on but I feel like taking kids they need to go to daily mass at least once a week to to really know how to behave it at Sunday mass you know they need to experience that outside so they can practice so they can realize so that it's not quite as intimidating and of course I always positively reinforce it afterward you know like let's get a treat mm-hmm. you made it through mass you yeah. know and then like I was saying about confession with uh, earlier you know that is just so important I feel like it really dawned on me that children don't have access to confession. You know, they can't be like, oh, I really need to go to confession. It's kind of, I feel like my job as a mom to be like, maybe I should give you the opportunity for confession, you know? I'm not going to make you go, but I'm just saying, we're driving to town. you got 30 minutes to examine your conscience, and Father will be available if you wanted to take advantage of this, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so many times they do. And it's so beautiful to see it come out at home, too. Sometimes, like, one of my kids misbehaved. I remember the first time this happened, one of my kids misbehaved. Like I said, we, we had started going to regular confession, um, you know, well, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago now. And um, they misbehaved. And I was like trying to talk to him about his behavior. And I said, uh, what are we going to do? Whatever. And he's like, well, father says to do this. And I was like, oh, he does. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good advice. You should follow that. And I yeah. just didn't ever think about the spiritual fatherhood as being such an such a um, able to impression my family so strongly. And it was beautiful. I was yeah. like, yeah, it takes a village to raise these kids, <laughs> you know, and it's just so wonderful to to immerse them in that. Father Elias had this um, this analogy that kind of hurts, but it was good at the same time. He talked about the sacraments as being like acid. And I'm like, eh. But, but it's true. You know, they just kind of eat into you and in a good way, though. Like acid sounds bad. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? They just kind of eat into your life and they, they tear away all those things that, that are not good and they allow for the fresh and the new to come forward. And it's just beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. 
um, we had just talked about the rituals of prayer, and yes, I yes. was just saying, like, I also look at it as like rituals of play, you know, that it's important for family time to we do stuff together. And my husband had even had mentioned that it's kind of hard with a spread like ours. Our oldest child is 16, and our youngest is nine months now. And yeah. so that's kind of hard to do things as a family, but it's really important that we try, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, we've been doing this family dinner on Wednesday nights because it's the only night that the kids don't have activities, it seems, so we can get the big kids home, although they have to miss CYO. But we need them there for family dinner. The girls will set the table all nice. And it just, Aww. it's such a, uh, and it, it goes so fast, you know, yeah. and it, as a mom, especially, I just want to be like, pause everybody. Okay. You know, and just yeah. savor that moment when they're all there together at the table and eating. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, you can't dawdle too long because they get bored and wander off. Um, but we've been doing that and we've been doing like a family movie, which I really don't like movies or TV, but it gets everyone together, you know, and everybody can watch mm-hmm. it. And the kids look forward to it. And I keep thinking, like, they're going to look back and be like, yeah, we used to do family movies. Like, like yeah. just that sense of togetherness and being together, like, that's important. And I don't know what it looks like in other people's families, but that's that's what we can do, you know? So maybe that'll give you some ideas, some other people that might be like, if you want to bring back that unity, you know, to remember that, like, we're the Schraders. We do this. You know, we, yeah. we're together. We've got your back. And it's really beautiful to see with my kids. I only had one brother growing up, and um, I kind of feel like, you know, two kids is what does the pope say there's saint john paul used to say two kids is two kids alone it's it's not very uh-huh. communio you know where my kids are all like like rebecca will be like yeah my brother samuel he's my best friend you know and yeah. i know that when when i get mad at him i can go talk to paul or miriam and support i always want to come yeah. and t- you know like there's so much so much unity in the family that i think is so beautiful so it's important that we we spend time together we also are trying to be that family that like hikes and camps and you know that we do that not as well as maybe we could especially not if we had fewer kids but their blessings and we're doing this so but that's also some areas that we've been kind of working toward we'll take a walk or we'll you know try to try we keep planning the camping trips I don't know they're gonna happen one of these days (laughs) but the older ones you know they'll go with scouts and stuff and Gordy gets to go with them but I really want the family to be together but it's important that we do stuff with the kids and make it kind of more of a a set thing I feel like that that's important for them to have that structure to know that mom and dad because a lot of times like the little ones you know it's one thing to say go play and it's another thing to go with them mm-hmm. you know and so this is a way that we can go with them yes. we can be present in their life that way so so that was my other practicality and then I was going to move on to some personally what I do um, what I feel like is I mean the key to this all and it's not going to be a big surprise but but prayer of course I mean <laughs> You can't talk enough about prayer. I feel like it's just, it's so important. And and I don't know, I mean, there's so many aspects, but one of my favorite quotes is from Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Um, Without large periods of solitude and silence, we lack the very things that people desire to draw from us. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's so true. If we're not filling our tanks, then we've mm-hmm. we've just got nothing to give. And um, I remember the story, uh, or I, I remember the, the first time that I... Uh, I guess the first time I kind of prayed as a kid, I, I just remember um, my brother would come to me and he would be like, he, <laughs> I liked one of my friends quite a bit. And he's like, if your friend and I were falling off a cliff, who would you grab? You could only grab one of us. Who would you grab? And I'm like, well, I'd grab you both. But of course, we both knew I would grab my friend and not him because I like my friend better than him. OK, so what? <laughs> you know, and so I had this little, you know, thing. Well, then we come to Sunday and I go to church, you know, and I must have been like seven or something. I mean, I was I was pretty young. And I'm like, you know, they go to Bible study and everything, you know, you know, a CCD type class before or after. I don't remember which it was. But, you know, we learned about Jesus and everything. And I was I remember driving home and just thinking, you know, Jesus, you're pretty seem like a pretty nice guy and all. But if I had to choose between you and my best friend, I think I would choose my best friend because I just know them better. And then God kind of spoke to me in my heart and he was like, 
what you love in your friend is me. Mm. And just that sense, it was like, oh, mm. oh, <laughs> you know? And so it's like we forget that, that as we allow God to go through us, you know, like even Sister Miriam from this book says, you know, people from all over the world come to me for healing, but they're not coming to me. They're coming for Jesus. Mm. You know, they don't want me. They want Jesus. And it's like so true in the Bible. So many times, Lord, show it. Show us Jesus. That's what we want to see. And if we're not being filled up with him, if we're not allowing him through us, then what what good? You know, it's and I mean, not that he can't use whatever we offer every little bit, but it's like the more time we spend, the more he's able to fill through. Sure. So and some of the one of the quotes from here, uh, prayer heals our relationship with God, not on his end, but ours. Prayer is not mere words, but prayer is life itself. Mm-hmm. And that's the way we pray without ceasing. So I think there was I was going to share another part of this. Oh, that was a covenant love. She speaks beautifully of prayer in here. It's just so, the Lord is calling us to something very intimate. You know, it's beyond the surface. Um, It's just more. I just love the way she said it in here, but I can't find it now. Oh, she says, um, this is a journey about your heart with Jesus, your relationship with him. Each person's relationship with Christ is unique and unrepeatable. As God loves each of us in a way he loves no other person, so we love God in a way that no one else loves God. The shape of our heart is precious to him. He knows the distinct contours that belong to us alone. It's just so beautiful, Mm -hmm. you know, to think about how we're all unique, because sometimes it feels like we're all a big yeah. mass, you know, but we're all unique yeah. to God. Yeah. Um, and then more than just this prayer, prayer leads to healing. Um, the best way to love your family is to seek your own healing every day. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. And um, I listened to this podcast called Abiding Together, and one of the ladies there shared a story about um, her spiritual director told her. Um, she said once there was a cat that had lost a leg, and it learned to walk on three legs, and that had kittens. And the kittens all had four legs, but when they learned to mm-hmm. walk, they walked on three legs. Yeah. So it's like... You, you need to seek your own healing so you're not and healing that is not transformed is transmitted yeah. you know or suffering that's not transformed is transmitted to, to others around and you've seen this I'm, I'm sure you've experienced yeah. it you know somebody's grouchy and it's not your fault but yeah. they're grouchy at you you know it's like yeah. they need to get their own stuff worked out and it's like we just leak out this yuckiness I listened to this talk by um, Dr. Shri the other day and uh uh, him and his wife. It was so beautiful. And they were ta- they were using this analogy of bone broth. I don't know if you ever made bone broth, but you put it in this pot and you cook it. And then the recipe that she has calls you to, to uh, scrape off the yuckiness from the top. I think it's scree or something. She had this great word for it. But you scrape off the yuckiness that comes out of the bone so it doesn't pollute the whole thing. And mm-hmm. that sense of that's what we're doing in life. You know, life is difficult and it struggles and we come to these it brings up these things mm. in us, and then we need to ask God to scrape it off. We go to confession, we scrape it off, and then we're able to be healed from it and able to move forward yeah. so, you know, that, that you can grow and heal and continue to be purified until yes. you're finally in that state. So, But that, that's, a, that's the heart of what I really want to say about prayer and about healing. So. Yes, yes. love. I love that analogy. That's really, really a, a, a great, great analogy. And, and we do have to go through that. We have to go through it. You know, pretty much every day we have to go through some kind All of a scraping in order to to grow. And, you know, that's really that's really part of it. Well, like Father Brian was saying about the rough edges, you know, yeah. brushing up against people as iron sharpens iron. I have a friend that that's yeah. that's the verse that we yeah. always yeah. may iron sharpen you today, you know, yeah. but it's true. You know, we need to hold each other accountable. We need to be that. Um, if we're all wishy-washy, I, I've really come to this conclusion, too. I don't really like, um, in, you know, uh, what I want to say, encountering people, the difficulty of it. But now I'm realizing that it's good. It's good to be um, in conflict with others and to move through it and let it transform me. It's been really good. So mm-hmm. it's like we can't avoid all of the chaos and difficulty of life. That's the point of it is to purify us. So. Mm-hmm. 
what would you like to, to share with our listeners? We know we have seven minutes, probably a little bit less with the drawing. Well, seven is perfect, full, and complete. Exactly. It's the exact amount the of time we need. perfect number. There you go. Um, I just wrote, I guess, this final thoughts uh, that I had. I have nine kids and I homeschool. So I have gobs of duties and things to do. And many of them I do poorly. But it's okay. Because every morning I let God love me and remind me that my purpose is not to be the perfect wife or mother or even disciple. My purpose is to keep my eyes focused on him and seek his will. If we never look to God in life, how do we expect to spend eternity with him? Nothing is lost that cannot be redeemed if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these will be added to you. Mm. So that just kind of sums up what I've been, the the essence of what I'm trying to convey today, I think, is just, you know, we're going to mess up, but we just need to keep our focus. Um, And as the theme of the thing is source and summit, you know, Jesus in the Eucharist, that's, that's the source, that's the summit, that's where we come from and that's where we return to. So. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's been so beautiful to hear the, I, I love that you have so many priests on today and talking and, and then a lot of them, the vocation stories come from adoration and yes. that is close to my heart as well. I, yes. I would, I think I would live in the adoration chapel if I could. I would love to have Jesus in my house, like to have a chapel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's so great to just go into adoration and to pray for vocations and just the beauty of that, like. You know, I have to share this. I have to because I'm a mom of eight, and uh, my kids range twenty year twenty year spread. My boys come home and they tell me stories about you know when they were little, right? The one most recently was, you know, mom, you know when when one of us said we were didn't feel like going to adoration that night, it was planned. They said we we I probably shouldn't say this because your kids might hear it, but but whenever somebody didn't go, I would stop and get some kind of a treat to the one that didn't go and so they figured out that they had to decide so they did that on purpose they took one for the team so that they could get a treat my kids would so do that paul do not do that oh my gosh that is so my son and and one of my kids that was oh my gosh he he would say no i really like going to adoration so he wouldn't take the hit (laughs) so yeah uh, the things you find out when they're adults you know it's like oh why didn't I ever figure that one out I don't know but I guess they did it just enough times that I didn't put it together I bet so. you have a whole plethora of little things like that oh, my gosh you I could should go come on back and, on. and talk they just be the funnies of life with kids this is it, it we're gonna have yeah, to have you back it goes on and on and on I could go on forever so yeah but it's it's all good and it's wonderful and it's beautiful and God bless you for for being open to life and and to really you know giving giving so completely um, you know to God first of all to to manage your family and to, to give you the graces that you need to make that happen um, God bless you for doing that because well, it's you. it's not the guy I think the the most brutal place for me was in the the bathroom at the Catholic Church you know changing a diaper you know you're having another you know pregnant and changing a diaper mm-hmm. you know it was brutal and it shouldn't be like that we should realize that that we are open to life and and we are open to God working working through us. I have to say though, those ladies that called in my book club ladies, these are some seriously amazing yeah. ladies, and so are the friends I have. And every time we have baby.
babies in our group, we throw a baby shower every time. Uh, like so we are, nice. they're so supportive. They're so yeah. like, this is great. This is wonderful. What do you need? We are, yeah. we've got your back, you know. Yeah. And I cannot tell you the amount of meals that I have eaten from my friends that are so wonderful. I'm so grateful for food. Yeah. And you know, but that just that blessing, yeah. that reassurance, none of that, none of that. You know, yeah. oh my gosh, I can't believe you're having all these kids. No, it's always been positive. Yeah. So yeah. I think they finally realized that if it were negative, I wouldn't listen anyway. So it's fine. Yeah. But, exactly. <laughs> but you know, it, it, the, to find those friends that really do give you that support mm-hmm. is, is beautiful. So I want to give you a last thought. Are you? I know you gave one, but if you have anything else that you want to add before we do that. Hard to believe, but I'm kind of speechless. Okay. So. Thanks for tuning into One Body Stewarding God's Creation. If you own a business or service, or if you're an individual who would just like to underwrite this One Body show, please know that your spot will run three times during the show, which runs five times a week. Interested? Call 785-621-4110. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.